0: And we're back. This is Model Behavior. I am Michael G Gable and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. If you are a returning listener, we are back to our normally scheduled Thursday releases, so go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new episodes. And I've been doing a lot of modeling lately, which is probably good because this is Model Behavior, so I should probably be modeling, but like I said a lot of times on these episodes, the you know, the, the holiday slowdown was rough. October to December was really slow for me, but January has hit hard. I had three 5 a.m. days in a row this week. I went up to San Francisco for a shoot on Tuesday and came back same day. Then I was back at it Wednesday for a shoot that I had Monday. And in this episode, you'll hear that I say I was in San Diego, which just goes to show how deliriously tired I was when we recorded this episode. And um, I didn't really want to record this episode. Uh, I was really excited to talk to Leah, the guest, Leah Knauer but I was so tired and it was the end of the night yesterday and I thought of a million reasons why I could cancel and maybe some of them were justifiable, but I ended up showing up and I did the work and that was a a really important thing for me because we had an amazing conversation and I realized that even when I'm tired, I can still host a podcast, but those excuses that I was coming up with in my head were bullshit, you know? It's hard to say from the outside when someone's shirking their responsibilities or trying to get away with doing the least possible, but only you can know. And I definitely knew that I was able to show up to that podcast and do the work, and I did, and I was rewarded for it. You know, I have this tattoo that says, Hic sunt draconis, which is a Latin phrase meaning, here be dragons. And they would put that on old maps to denote dangerous or uncharted territories. And I have that tattooed on my arm as a reminder that the things that scare you Often scare you because they have the potential to give you the greatest reward. I was scared last night that I I wouldn't be able to have an engaging conversation, and I proved myself wrong, and I was rewarded by the conversation I had with Leah. And um, I actually today was putting off recording this intro because I just wasn't feeling inspired enough to really say anything, and I had a couple auditions to go to, so I. It said, you know, I'll go to uh, these auditions and maybe something will hit me while I'm out and about driving around, having time in the car to think about stuff. And something did hit me. I got a message from one of our listeners, which I'm actually going to share with you guys. It says, hey, Michael, I'm proud to say I had my first photo shoot on Saturday for my portfolio. I've been really enjoying your podcast and have really been moved by some dialogue. Lately, I've been following a strict diet and got down to my goal of 10% body fat. I know you talk a lot about dehydrating before a shoot, but I was wondering if you could go into some specific detail. Are you drinking no fluid for 24 hours prior? And also, do you fast before a shoot or eat just carbs? Obviously want to have as little excess bloat as possible. Was wondering from your experience what works best. have been educating myself and connecting with people in the industry, and I'm proud to say they've been a huge help. Thanks again for your insight, help, and inspiration, man. Hoping to turn some dreams into a reality here soon. Love the podcast too. Exciting stuff. That came from Ethan in Seattle. And that was everything I needed today. So me putting off recording this intro was justifiable because I I didn't have the inspiration I needed. I wasn't just putting it off because I felt tired. And then somehow, some way I I found that inspiration in the form of Ethan's message, which is so nice to hear that people are listening to this podcast, they're learning, and they're actually putting themselves out there. I mean, I remember those first shoots I had were so nerve wracking and you do want to look your best, but The most important thing is to show up and be open to learning you know the photographer that ethan works with is probably going to know a little bit more about modeling than he does because this is his first shoot for his first portfolio and i just want to tell him to be open to the photographer's direction don't have too many expectations don't go in thinking you know everything about modeling because you've listened to a few episodes of model behavior because i don't know everything about modeling i'm still learning every day on set and in terms of the body fat thing yeah i I definitely dehydrate before shoots that i know i'm going to be shirtless If you're sitting at 10% body fat, you're in pretty good shape. So if you're not taking a shirt off, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But if I am going to a shirtless shoot and I know I want to be as lean as possible, it's pretty easy for me to cut water. I drink about a gallon and a half of water a day easily, maybe two. Um, So I pee a lot. But I will often start cutting that down um, maybe two days before the shoot. I'll go down to less than a gallon two days before the shoot. And the day before the shoot, I restrict water pretty... Pretty heavily, like I'm pretty thirsty throughout the day, and then the evening before I'll do something um, called water in, water out, where I only drink as much as much water as I think I'm peeing, and I don't use a measuring cup or anything. I just kind of eyeball it and only have, you know, maybe a glass of water at night, and then a glass of water in the morning before the shoot, you know, eight ounces each. Uh, another supplement you can take to help with bloat is dandelion root. You can buy capsule form of that at um, Whole Foods or any health food store. There's also some like dandelion teas out there you can drink. And that, maybe that's what's in those slimmed down teas that everyone's promoting, but that will actually help shed a lot of water. So I'll start taking those three times a day. I think I take like three pills three times a day for the three days prior to a shoot. And I'll also, I'll cut carbs for about a week leading up to the shoot. I'll sort of taper down my carbs to, Almost no carbs, and then the night before the shoot, I will carb load, which will inflate my muscles and actually dehydrate me even more. So you look up, you you wake up looking extra shredded. Um, so that'd be my advice to Ethan. But I wish him the best of luck on his shoot. And it's uh, it's amazing to hear that I've inspired him in some small way and provided any help I can along his career path because. It's exciting. Those first shoots are exciting. You know, I was driving around in traffic today and kind of complaining that I had these auditions and I had to go to Santa Monica at four p.m. and then drive back and it took an hour and fifteen minutes to get home. But I'm lucky that I get to go to these auditions. I'm lucky that I'm busy right now and that you know my shoots are overlapping with callbacks and it's it's one of those things where that all, when it hits, it hits. And I'm I'm busier than I can be, which means there's room for other people to pick up jobs that I'm dropping. And I'm, I'm super happy that those people are giving, getting those opportunities and that I'm getting the opportunities that I can take on. So um, we're going to get into this episode with Leah Knauer. Uh, she's a comedian and actress here in LA who I met through Mike Glazer. If you haven't listened to my episode with Mike Glazer, please go back and listen to that because he was the inspiration for this podcast and such an inspiration to me in general as a creative person. And he also was an inspiration to Leah. He was her first guest on her podcast, Basic Witches, which we talk about. Um, We talk about all kinds of things in this episode. So I'm not going to rattle on about it too much longer. Why don't you guys just give it a listen? Without further ado, Leah Knauer. off and running. Hey Leah. Rolling, rolling. Hey. Thank you for having me into your safe space. Thank you Um, for coming. I really appreciate it. It's been a day so it's nice to walk into a place that feels calm. Yes. And um, Oops. It's all right. (laughs) Phone's going off. Unpopular. I mean you're a podcaster so have you found that it's nice to just sit down and have hour-long conversations with people with eye contact? Yes. And like it's so... It almost feels weird at first. Mm-hmm. But then you get used to it and it starts to feel... like I'm almost like not addicted to it, but it's like really <laughs> satisfying.
1: Well, it's very focused conversation and usually very deep that is what I love about having a podcast is it's a guaranteed hour every week where I get to talk about my favorite thing to talk about which is like magic and Mm -hmm. spirituality yeah and it's yeah it's a blast and getting to know all kinds of different people
0: yeah well we're definitely going to talk about your podcast but there is (laughs) only one question on my podcast and that is what were you up to when you were seven years old
1: whoa that's how we start Great question. Seven years old. What grade is that? Second grade. I was in Miss Kerrigan's class at Sugartown Elementary School. Sugartown? Sugartown. That sounds fake. I know it does. <laughs> that sounds like
0: an LA I know it does. high school or it's elementary real. school.
1: I'm actually writing a cartoon based on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sugartown Elementary School. Very real. And Where, What state is that? At Michigan? Pennsylvania. Yeah. Philly girl. Um, yeah, I was... In select chorus, or I was getting solos at that time. Oh. Seven years old. And in the plays, I don't know, what does a seven-year-old do?
0: That's that's the question. That's the question. (laughs) That's
1: literally the question. That's literally
0: the question. (laughs) Well, it's an interesting time because I think that's a very pivotal point in a kid's life where you're not just this like ball of energy that's running Mm -hmm. around doing whatever the fuck feels good Mm -hmm. or whatever your parents tell you to do. You're starting to come into your own. Like I was a very avid drawer. Like all I did was draw and run around outside like a lost boy. And that was my (laughs) seven-year-old childhood. Um, And it sounds like you were starting to perform. Totally, Yeah.
1: definitely. Yeah, because when I was, I guess six, a little younger, I was um, Mary, Virgin Mary. In oh, you the said you were Christ- married. I was like, No, a- oh my God. That's weird. Yes. Stardom young, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I was Virgin Mary in the Christmas play at okay. my church. And that's when I got really addicted to, to the spotlight. Yeah.
0: How did, did you audition for that? How'd you get selected to be That's
1: a good Mother question. Mary? Maybe I just looked like a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
0: at six or seven.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's actually a good question. Um, but yeah, that's definitely when I started to perform and like singing and dancing. I would have my whole family, my two older brothers and my parents sit in the family room and I would do like dances for them. I would make the family watch.
0: Yeah. And were you, were you diligent about it? Like, did you (laughs) want to improve and like even at at that young age want to build skills? Yes. Really?
1: Definitely. And trying all kinds of different genres. There was one week where I did, um... Will Smith, welcome to Miami. Of course, yes, yeah. Yeah. and then another was "Genie in a Bottle," which is a pretty suggestive song for like a, a child you gotta to rub be me the right to. way,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: for her family. <laughs> um, but yeah, I even started like a pop group when I was in middle school with a few other girls, and I led the whole thing, and like we did dance practice, yeah. and yeah, I was always ready.
0: And so, did the performing stay? I mean, at the forefront of like your schooling or was it something you did while also pursuing reasonable career options? Mm.
1: It was, I mean, it was definitely at the forefront, but in high school, I didn't do the plays. I was more so trying to do like the Philly going to auditions and stuff. Yeah.
0: So you started doing that at a young age? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not I,
1: successfully, but, but, you did but it. I was doing it. Yeah, because yeah. I
0: had a drama teacher who was like, you should be auditioning. And I was in St. Louis and my parents were like, whatever. And so Is that just, where you're from? Yeah. Oh,
1: that's where my boyfriend's from. So
0: we just never, we never did anything. But it's cool that you actually got out and did the audition process as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. I had an agent in Philadelphia. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm sure it's a smaller market, but there's productions in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Did, did you have any success?
1: No, but... <laughs>
0: Well, you got to get those early I, reps out of the way. Well,
1: actually, hold on. I was in a regional tanning salon commercial. Whoa! That's, Don't mean to brag. Um, I this, would take that today. This uh, bronze beauty. Yeah. I'm so pale. Um, and I also, oh, I auditioned for the Village Villager, which is M. Night Shyamalan's movie. The he, Village. He. Oh, damn it! That's yeah. why I didn't get in. It. <laughs> I'm here to read for the, the Villager. villager. <laughs> ho ho ho! <laughs> Miss, you're reading the wrong script. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I, that was to be an extra in the village, and I yeah. did not even get that. So then I moved to LA, because <laughs> so I was like, it'll be way easier out so there. What about,
0: so in the face of all this rejection, what kept you going?
1: Oh, man. In Philly? Yeah. I mean, it's this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. Right. I can't see myself doing anything
0: yeah. else. And now you're doing it. And now I'm doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not glamorous, but... I am doing it.
0: For sure. I mean, we met through Mike Glazer. Who's the best. Who's the best. He's mm-hmm. also from St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Um, and we met at one of his Glaze shows where mm-hmm. you did your Trump burlesque <laughs> performance, which...
1: Donald Hump, <laughs> yes. Donald
0: Hump. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can describe it a little bit, but... it's <laughs> Okay. It, yeah.
1: I've only done that twice, and you were there for one of them. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it since, but it, it definitely filled a void for me because it was my way of calling out Trump in my own sexy and funny way. Yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, did burlesque wearing a Donald Trump mask, mask and, and
0: tassels
1: t- Tassels on my face, t- on my boobs. And you
0: had like the tiny hands, <laughs>
1: the tiny hands on, on my fingertips. fingers. And then I had like a tweet that said I've never made a woman orgasm ever sad. <laughs> and then I pulled out dollar bills and pasted them all over my body with a bottle of Elmer's glue that said America's tears <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, And um Yeah. That was. last time I've I you remember did it. seeing
0: that and I was like, Mike, like, who is this girl? <laughs> First of I all, know. I felt things I've never felt before. I never
1: revealed <laughs> <Yeah>. my face. <laughs> I know. And it's I was like, so whoever funny. this is
0: is a genius, and I need to connect with her. Oh, well,
1: thank you. And we ended
0: up connecting, and we've seen each other at lots of Glace shows in the gym and all yeah. over town. Yeah. Um But it's funny that you say that it was it was good for you because you got to put mm. your own like sexy, funny spin mm-hmm. on Trump and like your hatred of him, i'm yes, assuming yes um fair enough totally because so mike inspired this podcast because oh. he and mary jane gibson have weed and grub mm-hmm. and mike has built this beautiful pyramid of comedy food and marijuana yeah and i was like wow that's such a powerful structure it's completely stable
1: and it's so authentic to him it's so
0: authentic to him and he just owns it and it's you know taking him Great places. Yeah. So I sort of did the same thing with my podcast and my life, but I'm curious what you think your pyramid is of interest because mm. I have an idea, but I'd like to hear from you. Cool. I yeah. want to know what
1: you think it is. Um, I would say my pyramid is comedy, female empowerment, and um, singing and maybe a sprinkle of sexuality in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say I was going to say comedy, sexuality, and then like witchiness. Mm-hmm oh yeah, yeah that's spirituality totally there. yeah um and that seems like a very stable structure yeah because like <laughs> you know the female empowerment goes hand in hand with spirituality and empowering yourself owning mm-hmm. who you are and then the comedy just makes it fun
1: exactly but well and it's also authentic to me yeah you know because those are the things that i truly believe and come naturally to me comedy obviously was like a skill that had to be honed yeah. but like I had comedy as a defense mechanism my whole life, sure, so it's nice. You. Yeah, clown, so yeah. it's really nice to um, use that. Oh, I was voted class clown, but really, I didn't get it. You <laughs> that were, means there's
0: nominated, a- <laughs> but did not win yes, the award. And
1: I'm a comedian. That must mean there's a therapist out there somewhere oh, who is yeah. just killing you need to be it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Melissa Hively, shout out to you, girl.
0: So what? Let's go back a little <laughs> bit. What was your trajectory from you know musicals? Um, and singing and acting in school to LA was it did you have a, a goal in mind was it comedy was it performance mm. in general
1: well I always wanted to be an actress mm-hmm. um and then I remember in 2010 watching Amy Schumer on the because um, that was like her big breakout on yeah. Charlie Sheen's roast and that was when it kind of clicked seeing like someone like me mm-hmm. that what that i was which is why you know representation is so important but that i was re- i realized oh i can be a comedian and just write my own stuff i don't need to wait yeah. for people to like give me a script or whatever uh, that's
0: the thing i love about comedians is you can go out and get a set mm-hmm. on an open mic or something but actors just have to wait mm-hmm. and you can make your own shorts and you can you know do little things with friends but like it's a way bigger production literally mm-hmm. than just going and doing five minutes. Like I could go do five minutes right now mm-hmm. around the corner, probably six places in this neighborhood. Exactly. Um, and so and I, I, yeah.
1: I, I don't even do stand up any more, mm-hmm. but like it still has given me so much in like, teaching me about my own voice I don't think I would have found my actor's voice and my writing voice had I not gone out and performed just because
0: yeah and I think that's so important i mean, just the same way you got those like early auditions out of the way I had to go through so many commercial auditions before I started booking stuff because Mm -hmm. you get in there and you're so nervous you're you clam up and you're not yourself Mm -hmm. and it takes a while to figure out like who am I in this room because I need to walk in being the fuck out of who I am and they can take it or leave it. And that's what you sort of learn along the way in the modeling and acting world is like, be yourself. You know, they're going to pick you sometimes and sometimes they're not, but if exactly. you're not yourself, they're never going to pick you because you're just this like shaking little lamb right. in an awkward room. Right. Um, so I think comedy does the same thing where you just get on stage and like get the reps in, mm-hmm. figure out like, who am I, what works, what doesn't work, what makes me happy, what fulfills totally. me.
1: And you can take it less personally when you're confident in yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. 'Cause then it's like, okay, they just didn't you know, yeah. it wasn't me. It's not that I wasn't myself.
0: Right. And that's why the acting world, I don't know if you're still pursuing acting mm-hmm. as strongly, but like yeah. it it the idea of being celebrated for your ability to be someone else mm-hmm. doesn't appeal to me as much as the ability to to be yourself, to be known for who you are and what you stand for and not something that's that like. It's a mask you wear, yeah, you know? But I, I get the appeal of that too because then you can have an anonymous private life and there are a lot of really cool actors like John C. Riley, who's like, I don't want to mm. really do podcasts. I don't want to do a lot of interviews because I don't want people to know who I am. It takes away from my ability to do my, my craft. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. He's a very serious actor despite being hysterical. I know,
1: that's, that is really funny. Yeah. I mean, I wish I didn't need like social media and stuff. I wish I could kind of be a little more anonymous. He kind of has the advantage because he's already successful right. i wonder if he was like not super successful then it would you he's know because we do
0: paul thomas anderson movies and <laughs> exactly yeah, he's doing okay. we
1: don't really have like a private life anymore no. i feel like as people
0: yeah and that's been i mean instagram is always a big topic on this podcast I and mean, you but you seem to own your space on instagram you're not afraid to post a lot of like selfies and just like <laughs> glamour shots for no reason like it's uh, yeah you just like you kind of own your who you are out there thank you um, i like that i'm curious how your podcast came to be
1: mm. well i met rachel um in a musical improv class with my team adele dazeem who were looking oh, at nice. a huge framed photo of them in, my, really in cool. my apartment um yeah we all met in a class and we just vibed and became a team and I love them so much, and we've all helped each other so much. That's where a lot of the female empowerment stuff comes from yeah. was, was these friendships.
0: Was it an improv team or a sketch team? Uh, improv. Okay, cool. Musical
1: improv class, and then yeah, now we're a team. Adele Dazeem. And then from that, Rachel and I just started hanging out a lot, doing yoga, smoking weed, talking about Trump and politics yeah. and feminism. And then at a certain point, I just, it was like midnight. I texted her, I was like, should we just have a podcast called Basic Witches? And it was like, done. Yeah, and I then, mean, the name is perfect. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And then we asked the store if uh, we could do it there and it turned out that they were looking for a witchy podcast or really? like a spiritual podcast at times. So yeah. it really like, not to like, sound like Basic Witch, but like it was very cosmic. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's what I love about your podcast is it forces you to think about cosmic things Mm -hmm. and spirituality. And uh, I was just listening to an episode and you're doing like a spirituality check-in and I was like, I don't have an answer for that question. Mm. So I'm curious, you know, you have sexuality, women's empowerment, comedy. I can get my head around those things, but what is spirituality to you?
1: Ooh, to me personally, um, spirituality is um, the ability to, for me, the ability to connect into a greater love.
0: Mm. I like that. Like a little self transcendence. Yeah.
1: Which is important. Like, you know, when you do acid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Great. we are already on the right start. No, but like, I I do feel like acid was a big part of my spiritual journey and going to burning man and like, and also Going to therapy and going on antidepressants and Mm -hmm. anti-anxiety medication so that like now I can actually see the bright, beautiful, good things in my life because I was at a point before where it was like all dark and it was hard to get out of bed.
0: Yeah, I mean, this town can be very dark. And like I was just talking about, you know, the the holiday slowdown hit. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, October to December for me was super slow. And I had a little bit of cushion, but it's just like you start to question everything. Mm -hmm. And I've done the same thing where I used to spiral and I would take those isolated rejections and, you know, slow points in my life and then make them all-encompassing mm-hmm. everything was wrong it wasn't just oh it's the holidays you should have prepared for this you should have money in the bank you know think about your career mm-hmm. it was i'm in the wrong career i'm in the wrong city i'm in the wrong relationship Every, like, i my apartment sucks there's no parking like <laughs> fuck everything <laughs> yeah you know? it just sets it off yeah and so i you know i also went to a psychiatrist got some medication that just sort of even things out ssris great. have been great for me yeah um but also Drugs have gotten me (laughs) to a different place, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so tell me about Burning Man. What happened there?
1: Oh, it was amazing. Well, wait, I want to say that reminded me. So uh, with the career stuff, witchcraft has really helped me with that specifically because... Witchcraft relates so much to the moon, right? And Mm -hmm. the moon goes through different phases. So we are made up of the same particles like stardust and energy and water and all the things that the moon is made up. So why wouldn't our bodies and our careers also go through those cycles and changes? So once I like, I accepted that, now I actually enjoy the career lulls and stuff. And it's a time for me to like do art and relax. Yeah. You know, easier said than done. Sometimes I'm freaking out, but like, but now I'm, I'm learning to enjoy it because of spirituality yep. and stuff.
0: I mean, I've been very methodical about taking advantage of downtime more. Mm-hmm. Now in my, I've gotten farther in my career and using it to make my weird art and mm-hmm. to work on side projects or just, I don't know, go to the gym more, spend more time in yoga, like do just something that's good for me, even if it's not necessarily earning me money, mm-hmm. um, which as we, t- we talked about in the last podcast, on the last episode, that, like, our generation has forgotten about hobbies. Yeah. Everything is a side hustle because everything's expensive. So right. So, I think it's important to, yeah, like, to ride that wave and remember that downtime is good, too. Totally. You know? Totally. How did you get into witchcraft?
1: Um. I mean, I've always considered myself psychic. Mm. Like, I remember, speaking of seven years old, I remember, like, being in middle school, elementary school, and, like... I would go to hockey games with my dad and I would guess the score and I would be really, really close if not on,
0: on it, (laughs) on the money. Yeah.
1: And I would just guess things all the time. Sometimes I'll have, um, I'll walk, I'll walk past someone on the street and I'll have a vision in my head. That's like, oh, they're, they're gonna say something to me as soon as I pass them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I pass them and they turn around and they say something to me. Or like, I'm sure you've had it where like you're thinking of someone and then your phone rings. Oh, yeah. That happens to me all the time. And yeah. I pick my phone up at 11.11 11 all the time. Just all these little... And as as I've gotten more into witchcraft, I notice it more and more. Yeah. But yeah, I've always been open to the law of attraction and all that kind of and
0: stuff. What do you think you're, you're tapping into there? Is it just, you know... Being aware of coincidences on the one end or is it something great or something more cosmic?
1: I like to think of it as a sign that I'm on the right track. Yeah. One of our former guests, Gala Darling, she always says it's in the vortex and I really like that. Because yeah. it means like everything that you're doing is aligned. Like that person is calling you on that day that you thought of them because you are like so aligned with who you need to be talking to and like mm-hmm. everything is happening the way that it's supposed to.
0: Yeah, it's that like when you feel like you're in flow. Mm-hmm. That's what Gla- exactly. Glazer talked about it on our episode about like he's like, are you in flow? And I was like, <laughs> I think things are working pretty well. But I've always thought about that question. It's like, yeah, you can – not everything's going to go your way necessarily. You're not going to get every – audition you're not going to mm-hmm. get every job you're not going to get every you know every writing submission you send in isn't going to get accepted but that doesn't mean it's not what's supposed to happen
1: right and, and how we adapt in those moments is actually it could be more telling than if we did get the job
0: yeah yeah
1: how do you notice like you call them coincidences
0: yeah i mean i, I was just playing devil's advocate for a second okay yeah
1: do you do you get those
0: yeah i mean i get that kind of stuff all the time i've there's this story i was just telling someone about when my house burned down like i knew my house was burning down wait yeah back up (laughs) well it's a long story i may have burned it down um what happened so when i was fifth grade um i was playing with matches (gasps) Oh. because i was i was a pyro i was allowed to play with matches it was not like i was i wasn't supervised but my parents knew i had like incense in my room and i was playing lighting the incense and then I took a match and I was playing with the fringe on my curtains and like just burning a little piece of fringe you know as a 10 year old boy Mm. will do but the fabric was really sheer so the whole thing went up immediately like boom and I like yelled for my mom and I had like a big giant sprite from Taco Bell and I like threw it at the wall and then (laughs) like we eventually got a fire extinguisher and put everything out and so the curtains (laughs) were gone the wall was burnt the ceiling was like a little burnt but we sprayed it down. And it seemed like it was fine. And this was in the winter and every Christmas time, my mom and I would go see the nutcracker. It was just <laughs> a tradition we had. And so we went to dinner and we went to the nutcracker and in intermission, I was like, we have to go home and the house is burning down. No. And she's like, it's fine. Like, we'll go home when it's over. Don't worry. We put everything out. We had taken the scraps that were burnt, put them in a trash can on the back patio, like coated everything in a fire extinguisher. And I was you like, knew. mom, we have to go home now. The house is burning down. She said, no, 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 no. We, just wait. we waited we drive home and there are fourteen fire trucks oh in our neighborhood. God. The neighbors had called the fire department when they saw fireballs shooting out of our windows and chimney. Um, seven fire counties came, seven alarm fire. Holy! The firemen got in just in time to let our dogs out of their cages, so they were fine. But when we showed up, they were hacking holes in the roof to see how far the flames had spread in the attic. My dad had been called off like the golf course, and oh he was just my. there like shaking. And yeah, I knew. And so I guess what had happened, we came to find out, was that an ember got in the air duct below Mm. the windowsill and just kind of sat in a corner and smoldered, and then reignited four hours later. Oh
1: my gosh, that's wild! I wonder if you knew at the exact time. I I wonder what the timing is.
0: I mean, do you know? Probably pretty close because you know we weren't. We were gone. It was probably in the middle of our absence that I realized it. And probably that's the amount of time it would take to catch and then get to the state it was at. The house didn't burn down completely, but everything was smoke damaged. And
1: That is a very traumatic story, but a very cool story. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I have, I have that story. And then there's another story that about I knew there was a snake in the house. Just randomly? Yeah. I was on vacation in Utah and I was with my mom again, um, me, my friend and his mom. So it was like a little like road trip we did mm-hmm. in the summer. And I woke up in the middle of the night just like petrified that there was a snake in the house. Whoa. And I went to my mom's room and like got in bed with her. I think I was like seven or eight or nine. And she like, could not calm me down. I was convinced there was a oh, snake gosh. in the house. And I was just like so worked up about it, so scared. I was scared it was going to climb in bed with us and crawl in bed and bite me. And eventually my mom made up some story about a mongoose that like went through the house and made sure there was no snake. And I fell asleep. And in the morning, we woke up to my friend just letting out this blood-curdling scream. And I look at my mom and I was like, told you. Oh, my God. And there's a snake in the middle of the hallway. And my friend like almost stepped on it in the morning. That is
1: insane.
0: I guess I do believe in something.
1: Do you think you're a witch? Or what do you think?
0: Well, can I be a witch? Can men be witches? I think so. Maybe I'm a witch.
1: Maybe. Or do you think you have like intuitive powers? Well. Like, do you think you manifested that Oof. made the snake appear or do you think that a part of you like saw it in your dream or in your mind's eye?
0: Well, my science mind yeah. if I'm playing devil's advocate again hey, says Hey, we're
1: we're science based. Yeah,
0: my science mind says that I saw a snake in the house earlier in the day and mm. my my conscious brain didn't process it but my Whoa. subconscious brain did.
1: Is that true though? Did you? No, I, okay. I don't
0: know that I did. So okay. that's that's what me not believing in magic would say, wow, me believing in magic thinks either I called that snake into the house or just knew through intuition. I don't know what do you think?
1: I think you your mind's eye knew
0: I mean that's because
1: that's wild
0: that's what it feels like and i've that story's always been one that i it's kind of special to me
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: um
1: I've had so many special moments like that, yeah, I mean especially on the podcast because it's recorded so it's really nice to prove it yeah. but like we will have rachel and i will both call out ahead of time what we think the card is going to be mm-hmm. and then we're right because you and guys it, do tarot cards yeah videos. we yeah. do oracle cards which yeah. are all positive yeah um but yeah we'll we'll get it totally right sometimes just like what
0: i mean ah, there's, something, something. there's something there's something there's a there there there's exactly. something there, but uh, we
1: don't know and we'll never know
0: How do you guys determine who you're going to have on the podcast? Because it's you and Rachel and then you have a guest, Mm -hmm. at least one guest usually.
1: Mm -hmm. Pretty much whoever we think is dope. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about podcasts is there's no rules. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's so cool that the comedy store has like opened their doors to you guys. I know.
1: It's awesome.
0: Um, I just find like I I was talking about you before we started recording, talking to you about before we started recording, like I just, yeah, I trust my gut. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who do I want to talk to? Who did I, who was I on set with? Who have, who's been in my mind? Who mm-hmm. popped up on Instagram? And it would be like, oh, I bet it'd be fun to talk to them for an hour. Yeah. And that's what guides me. And it's, it's working. I love I, that. I, I you know, we're recording on a Wednesday. We're going to release tomorrow. Witchy Wednesday. Witchy Wednesday. Perfect. <laughs> I want to go back to this, me being a witch thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when did you start playing around with the, the witchiness
1: Within the last two years, um, that's, well, I've always like had incense and, and all that, but, and essential oils, you know, but this past two years with having the podcast, I've explored more of it, especially with all of our amazing guests. Um, So now I've like gone to a seance and I've, you know, seen a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, probably for the past two years, done a few spells now. Tell me more. Um, and I charge my crystals every full moon. Okay. And um, we've hosted a few moon ceremonies, which are really fun. Yeah. It's basically just like an opportunity to check in with yourself.
0: Yeah. And like, So what have been the, the best kind of first steps you made for someone like me who's like, I've got these special stories, but I had no idea what to make of them.
1: Hmm self-reflection yeah i mean you know your stories and what has happened to you way better than i do yeah, for you for sure the same way that i know myself better than i know anyone else yeah so i think checking in with oneself is the best way to ask those questions um but there's all kinds of ways you can get into spirituality like yoga we, yep. we would go to yoga class together yeah at equinox a few times um and like yoga was a big part of my spiritual journey as well
0: yeah I feel like every yoga class is a spiritual journey oh for me. Oh my gosh. I, Especially,
1: you took Joseph Seaman's class with me, right? Oh, yeah. I take oh my him a God. Lot. He, do you still go to that gym? Mm-hmm. I miss it. Yeah, it's good. I quit after I found out Trump was like using that money. <laughs>
0: I don't, th- you can come back. I think it's okay. <laughs> is it okay? I think so. I ran away. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay i have a gym at my new apartment i don't need you equinox
0: that's fine if they're but listening those yoga classes are nice no
1: they are really good and i do miss joseph he was like a soldier like lieutenant the way that he runs his yoga class and yeah. i loved it
0: yeah he's not harsh but kind of didactic in his teaching what does that mean? like authoritative mm-hmm. um very like he's like a teacher he's trying to teach you and if you're not Paying attention, you're not listening, he'll call you out on it. Yeah. And he's not a dick about it, but I like that there's a little like tough love sometimes. I
1: refer to him at, to my friends, as the Sparky Pulaski of yoga teachers. Who's Sparky Did Pulaski? you see Bring It On?
0: No. Oh my God, the teacher
1: <laughs> who does like the jazz fingers, <laughs> he's like coked out and like yeah. really intense. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I was going to say something else about you. Jo- oh, I think Joseph one time called me out for smoking weed before. Oh, yeah.
0: You told me, you're like, I smoke weed in the Equinox bathroom. I was like, what? I do. <laughs> or
1: I did. Maybe it's best that I don't go there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely called me out. He's like, by the way, to the whole class, by the way, if you're going to be smoking weed before class, like use some Take a shower. spray or <laughs> yeah.
0: something. I mean, I think there's a lot of places that have like enhanced yoga because I mean, yeah some people claim that that's you know the roots of yoga are in marijuana usage and mm. smoking out of chillums and that was the traditional means really of, yeah i mean yoga is a very spiritual pursuit it's not just stretching and oh yeah it's it's a way to find enlightenment i believe totally yeah
1: i just didn't know that about the chillums
0: but i think like yogis in india used to smoke weed and then get in these positions and what do you think it is about yoga? Is it this like the suffering? Is it the mind-body mm. connection?
1: I for me, it's the poeticness of how it applies to life. Yeah. Of like, yes, this pose sucks. Breathe through it. It's gonna be better. Yeah. And then you'll we'll ease up and then we'll find a new hard thing. And yeah. then that will suck. And then we'll get through that. It's just so poetic of life.
0: I mean, every yoga class for me is like a hero's journey. Like, I feel like I start off like inspired. I'm like, I'm in yoga. I'm doing something good for myself. (laughs) And then it gets hard and I'm like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. And I want to quit. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever... I mean, the true test of a good yoga class is did I want to walk out? Was I planning like, who am I going to walk past? How am I going to get... Am I going to leave my mat? Am I going to pick up my phone? Is my phone in here? Like, I'm always trying to get out of it. And then I don't. I've never left a class (laughs) because for any like willy-nilly reason but i get through it and then it starts to feel really good when you get that sweat going Oof. and by the end i'm just i'm like hi oh
1: my god and so yeah. you
0: return you know it's the hero's journey you return with the secret like oh
1: i only do yoga for the shavasana at the yeah. end oh yeah. it's like a sweet sweet nap for two minutes and oh s- uh.
0: if you can get to that like half dream state mm. where they you know chime the bell or whatever and you're like oh whoa and you're like, where was no. i but yeah, mm. it's that, it's that sort of getting through the tough spots. It kind mm-hmm. of goes back to what we were talking about riding that wave of like, mm-hmm. yeah, things are going to get hard. If, if things are always easy then you're not being challenged, you're not going to grow mm-hmm. um, and things are going to get easier, but you also have to put in a, you know, an equal amount of the work, work yeah. to make those things easier. You and have
1: then, to show up to the class yeah. and, you know, arrive with your stuff. There's so many steps that lead up to just getting in the yoga class and again that's so poetic of life you have to show up to life and Mm -hmm. you have to be prepared and do the work and like want to be there is is a big part of it too
0: what do you what else do you want to be at right now like what career-wise what are you pushing towards
1: i want to be a movie star yeah yeah
0: uh was is it pilot season coming up
1: uh yeah yeah that's the word time to go out (laughs) haven't gone out yet but Um, what kind of projects
0: have you been working on
1: um, well, I'm working on a cartoon called Sugar Town. Sugar Town, right? Yeah. Um, and we're in development with we're a movie with Basic Witches. I don't know how much I can say. Oh, awesome. Um, but we do have a Basic Witches live show coming up February 5th. It's a Wednesday at 10 30 p.m. at the Comedy Store. Awesome. Which It'll room be are you in? Really fun. I'm in the Belly Room.
0: Sweet. Yeah. That, I mean, that's such a cool venue for anything, but. I mean, the comedy store is so full of history. It's and iconic. It's iconic. And like all my favorite podcasts are comedians, mm-hmm. you know, from like Joe Rogan on down. Like I listen to com- comedians because I'm usually sitting in traffic hating my life mm-hmm. and it, it brings some levity in. And I think comedians have an interesting perspective on life in general, just because it's like it doesn't all have to be grin and bear it. You mm-hmm. can you can grin and enjoy it, you know, <laughs> you know, Wait,
1: But isn't grinning enjoying something anyway?
0: but it's like grinning grin, oh okay for, yeah, negative grinning yeah or is it grin and bear it like <laughs> grin, smile grin and, and smile through the pain I
1: think yeah yeah maybe it's the bearing it that's the uh.
0: what do you guys do in your live shows
1: um well we've only had one so far okay. um but it was a blast and we did like a like funny opening bit and gave some giveaways of some of our sponsors yeah. and then I mean it's basically just a live Podcast recording. So we do the same thing as an episode. We talked to Echo Kellum, mm-hmm. um, who's on CW's Arrow, and yeah, gave him a card reading. It was his birthday. So we sang happy birthday to him That's and awesome. gave him a cupcake. Um, yeah, it was just like a really fun night. And we got to meet some of our listeners, which was really
0: cool. That, I mean, I've started to have listeners like reaching out to me on Instagram and ones like coming to town and was like can we meet up and i was cool. like but why Like, you want to meet me <laughs> like it's very bizarre and it's i mean starting a podcast is nerve-wracking mm-hmm. i have to imagine doing it live where you have mm-hmm. you know it's like improv as opposed to sketch you don't you know a podcast i'm always nervous before conversations because i never know what you're going to get out of the guest. if i'm gonna you know it always works out but then i have that distance of i have to go home and edit it and make sure i feel good about it and mm-hmm. then i put it out but a live podcast there's no editing. No control. Yeah. But
1: Rachel and I met in an improv class.
0: So you guys... Yeah. You know so we have each other's back. importance of that, yeah. And
1: it is like so... Like I would be nervous for some of the meetings and stuff that we've gone in on together. But I just look at her... This is going to sound so like romantic. But I just look at her. I'm like, oh, I'm with like my best friend. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Like regardless, I know that we'll have a good time. And I yeah. think that's why we find that success is coming our way is cause we're just like having a good time and, and love each other and love other women. And we want to build people mm-hmm. as a humankind. We want to mm-hmm. build everyone up.
0: I mean, that's what I'm working on. Model behavior is like you said, it's not talking to models. It's <laughs> trying to live a good life and trying to be on, yeah. the, on the good path, be a good witch maybe. Yes. Um, do you think that you and Rachel are the same person or do you balance each other out?
1: No. We're similar, but um, we're definitely different people. Yeah. Yeah. We balance each other. I'm not good with like money stuff. I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning. (laughs) Actually, today I was telling you earlier in the elevator, I had to argue with a lawyer before even 930 a.m. this morning and I don't even need coffee anymore. I just need to talk to lawyers in the morning and I will like be awake
0: because you were I
1: was fired up in a good really? way you yes. weren't like
0: devastated by all the lawyer speak
1: no I was loving it because because it's all in my favor it's yeah. a, with the landlord over a security deposit that is owed to us so right. like I know the law and I'm aware of it for the first time of like my my life you know <laughs> like, no I know this <laughs> yeah. yeah So it, but it felt very powerful to like stand up for myself and I didn't yeah. have a lawyer representing me but I still felt comfortable to just go at it with a lawyer and yeah I should be getting my money today so I'll let you know
0: well can we talk about that situation a little bit i know it's very sensitive yes but
1: i don't i can't go into too much detail because there's a court case and also i want to respect rachel yeah, of but course. but yeah we can we can talk about it
0: so maybe we don't need to talk about it i don't know <laughs> i feel bad um but it's just, you know your your roommate had something traumatic happen to them so you mm-hmm. guys Got a new apartment because mm-hmm. you wanted a safer place, and it sounds like your landlord was holding back on your. Yeah, he's yeah. basically
1: trying to take advantage of us being victims of a crime. Yeah, which is the what I said to the lawyer. It's like the lack of empathy is truly astonishing.
0: I mean, that's that's terrible, and yeah, I would I would love for. I wish I could have two people on the podcast, but I don't have three <laughs> microphones. So maybe Rachel will come on yeah. uh, on a f- future episode and she can share as much of her story as she wants to because it is something that, it's a topic that I care about and it's, mm-hmm. it is very sensitive and it's not for us to talk about necessarily. Yeah, totally. Um,
1: well, and also like I wrote a show called The C Word, Consent, which is about Sexual
0: that was a different word. <laughs> hey, <laughs>
1: the joke worked. Yeah, um, it's a traveling educational show for colleges. It's still tours. Um, really? So I like wrote a show about sexual assault, and still, like, it happened in my home to someone so close to me that like you're n- you're not prepared for it. No. Even like as many statistics or information or like horror stories you've read, it's like when it happens to you or someone you love, it's like. It's insane.
0: It's a whole another level of attack. Yeah, violation. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, we're we're safe, and I wake up every morning and I'm like grateful to be in this new place. It's so airy and bright and yes and we decorated it really cute and yeah so i think it's it's on and up from here but it's definitely speaking of spiritual journeys it's been like a challenge for both of us for sure sure.
0: but it's nice that you guys are supporting each other like you Mm -hmm. said you have each other's backs yeah um and it i don't want to tie it back to like improv but (laughs) you know improv is about you know, rolling with whatever comes up Mm -hmm. and you can't control it and say yes and support yes and each other, support Mm -hmm. each other. Um, And we talked about this on the last episode. It's about kind of being in service of a larger purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in service, when you're in in improv scene, you're in service of the scene. You're not gonna put down your partners because it makes you feel good because then the scene fails. So it's about transcending your ego and doing Mm -hmm. something greater. And I think that's such an important lesson to learn about life is to Mm -hmm. get out of your own head get out of your own way totally you're not the end-all be-all and in a town like la that's kind of hard to do do you find that you struggle with that at all
1: um not anymore thankfully because i've been here eight years and i oh nice when did you move here
0: um december so i'm just over eight years okay
1: september 26th, 2011.
0: You know the day. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Moved here with my mom. Lived in a hotel for two weeks. Really? So I was like Eloise. I was fucking loving it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Your mom moved you out, really?
1: Yeah. It was rough.
0: <laughs> it <don't>, was nice though.
1: <laughs> it was nice. I don't really get along with my mom, so yeah. it was a challenge. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the first three years were definitely hard here mm-hmm. because I, you know, you don't have friends, and then that was when I started improv and stand-up and that's how all of my friends are, are comedians yeah and yeah i think a huge part of adapting to la and like keeping your sanity is by finding a niche or like just a group of friends that have a, a like-minded interest A
0: community yeah yeah and so did you have eyes on comedy when you moved out here did you kind of fall into that backwards through acting
1: yeah um because i was tired of waiting for auditions right like you so said, yeah. yeah so i just started doing improv and then Stand up and then I did both of those actively for like six, seven years, and now I mainly just do improv and musical improv and all kinds of performing, but just not stand up as much.
0: And I guess that's kind of what I see in the acting world is it's all me, me, me. It's mm-hmm. like I want the role. There's no community necessarily, and mm-hmm. actors are known for being very phony, and it's like, oh, good to see you, because I don't know if I've met you before, so I'm not gonna say good to see you again. Like Ugh. I'm just gonna, you know, it's that really cringy, mm-hmm. just false, like and they're just so Act, I fucking hate actors, but <laughs> I love comedians because yeah. comedians, there's a community and the, it seems like there's more of an open space. There's less competition. It's less cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So do you find it weird to kind of go between those two worlds?
1: Ooh, great question. Um, I guess I've never thought about it. I consider myself both of those things because I was an actor before I was a comedian. Right. But then it's interesting because people who know me as a comedian don't know that I was an actor first. So it's all about perspective, I guess, yeah. of whatever like you see me as, but I don't feel a certain way towards like mm-hmm. one or the other. Yeah. I do compare in my head between improvisers and stand ups. Really? That's for sure. What's
0: your yes. comparison?
1: Well I've dated a lot of stand ups <laughs> and <Okay. laughs> there's a reason I don't anymore. How sure. about that? Sure, broken um, toys. <laughs> I'm dating yeah, I'm dating an improviser for the first time and it's really different. He's really? really nice.
0: Is it it's better, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. you're still dating him. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: well just think about the basic I've done a lot of analyzing about this. Yeah, think about the basic it. rules of like of improv is what you were saying. It's saying yes, it's teamwork, it's support, yeah. but then stand up is you're alone on a stage with a microphone telling people what you think, expecting them to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Not getting a response back. Um, There's like heckling and a lot of, you know, it's like, it can be a toxic culture.
0: Well, stand up is kind of a battle. Like you talk, you think about the words, I think Whitney Cummings was talking about this. Like you kill, you, you murder, Mm, you bomb. bomb. It's like you go out there and it's, you have to assault the audience. (laughs) And if you win, you, you hurt them yeah. with laughter, yeah. I guess, but, yeah. but it's, it's, yeah, it's a very one way road. It's totally. a, it's a, it's like a siege. Yeah. Whereas improv is this dance.
1: And usually people have, like I was saying before, they have a sense of humor for a reason, whether it was from trauma or like a bad childhood yeah. or whatever it was. So like I, yeah, if you're doing stand-up and you're not taking care of yourself and you're actually taking your anger and sadness out, on others then that's like a problem and that's the relationship that i was in before
0: yeah i would i would venture to guess that improvisers are better lovers too
1: mm. i don't know i've slept with some good stand-ups. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess it, it doesn't all cross over necessarily yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um what do you think has been the best way that you've grown your podcast because you guys are very successful Thank you're very you. inspiring for me Thanks. um how i mean because it's i have a lot of people reaching out to me like friends who are like how what equipment are you using they're just curious they're podcast curious Mm -hmm. and um curious i'm just like do it just like use your iphone use whatever do it put it out there start Mm -hmm. figuring out the workflow of like how you upload like what accounts do you need oh yeah but what do you think you guys did in terms of growing your audience and becoming more successful
1: i think the first step is what you're saying is literally just doing it just do it yeah. yeah because actually the the way that Rachel and I do things is the way that we just naturally did it on the first day. Yeah. Like we'll record, then she'll listen to the episodes, then give me notes. And then I will like retype it all. And I handle the Insta and she handles the Patreon. It's just like, it was whatever fell naturally. And those are our jobs. And it's, it's really nice to like delegate. I'm sorry. You don't have someone to delegate with you.
0: (laughs) No, but I've, I kind of figured out the same thing for myself. It's like, I came up with the concept model Mm -hmm. behavior um it was figuring out that pyramid of like I like creativity I'm a model mm-hmm. and I also like self-improvement so I can talk to all these creative people who I think are living model lives or are on that path mm-hmm. and learn from them and then hopefully my listeners will learn from them and I was like should I have a format but I didn't want to I just wanted to have a conversation because the people I'm most jealous of are like these really successful podcasters who just get to talk to the most amazing people
1: oh yeah you know it's like yeah.
0: What's a cooler job than that? I know. I don't I, I can't think of one. And and then you realize that everyone has a story. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, oh, I got to talk to the lead singer of Aerosmith. It's like, no, I got to talk to Leah Knauer and I got to hear her story <laughs> and now I know one person so much better for mm-hmm. it. Isn't that yeah. it's, it's really cool. I, I think I love it. Yeah. Um but yeah, so the first step, just doing it. Just do it. Yeah.
1: And then learn from there. And be willing to make mistakes because yeah. like you're saying like having a podcast is vulnerable you're yeah. speaking and having an intimate conversation and then putting it out for everyone to listen to and judge and review and rate and like yep. and you Dislike, know yep. yeah and comment on um so i think it's important to just be okay like we were saying with the auditions too like just be okay with who you are and if you're being authentic to yourself, then you won't have to question anything, which you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, trying. Aren't uh, we all? <laughs> yeah, work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of the pieces of advice that Mike gave me, Mike Laser gave me, was set a, like set a commitment, like one mm. a week, once every two weeks. Do you guys do something like that?
1: We're weekly. We're we have weekly. not missed a week. Really? And we're really proud of that.
0: See, that's the one thing where having an extra hand on deck would help me because, totally. like, I it's- have to do A lot of work, and in LA like this just the scheduling is hard mm-hmm. like I'm always I mean that, that's why I have this mobile setup so I can go to people's homes where they feel comfortable nice. but it's more like just everyone has fucking weird schedules yeah. so it's like you know we're doing this at night I've done them in the morning I do them in the middle of the day totally but yeah I have to take weeks off just because sometimes it's like I have to work and like totally. you know Thursday comes pretty quick um
1: well we don't record every week yeah you guys we, we just release yeah we release yeah that's every week. smart but we're proud of that yeah. On oh, like two years now, I, almost two years. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my thing was I would, I was gonna do every week as much as I could with within reason, and then I want to do, for a year and see what happens. Hell yeah! And keep it. I just like keeping it small for now. Like I've been approached for some sponsorships and stuff, but like I want it to just grow organically. Totally. And I, I mean, I think I've learned so. You could probably attest to this. You learn so much from listening to yourself talk mm-hmm. for an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> because. You know, I do auditions, and I do commercials and all that stuff, but you rarely see more than one or two lines from yourself. You know, if you're doing a feature film, maybe you'll see more, mm-hmm. but it's so weird to listen to yourself talk for an hour. <laughs> totally. Uh, I've gotten used to my voice, but I learn mm-hmm. a lot about like vocal ticks and like you said, letting people speak and knowing when to interject. Have you guys had those same that same learning curve. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: We've gotten a few comments about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you know, like I was saying, we, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and to make mistakes and then grow from them. So we're, we're actively trying to talk, um, you know be more aware of how people are talking but it is hard when like you're so excited and you're right. in a room and you're talking about your favorite thing
0: yeah i mean you made it weird with pete holmes is one of my favorite podcasts so and good yeah everyone says he talks too much but it's like that's him
1: it's him and
0: i I've, it's his
1: podcast I, it's never
0: bothered me he's like oh my listeners always say i talk too much i talk over the guests but it's like i'm here for you that plus makes your me guest. feel
1: better that he gets those comments yeah. too okay
0: yeah I mean, what podcast do you listen to? What else do you, what um, do you like? You Made
1: It Weird and What the Fuck are my number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Maron. I listen to like Rogan, Marin, mm. uh, Pete Holmes. I used to listen to Nerdist with uh, Chris Hardwick. Eh. But they, So the thing about podcasts is like sometimes they get a little too promotional. Like I feel like oh. Marin's getting a little like it's becoming the talk show circuit. It's like oh, who's promoting. I mean, something.
1: he is like the new kind of talk yeah. show. It is wild.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Edward Norton just came out with the movie, so he's gonna be on. And it's like, I don't need to hear about Motherless mm. Brooklyn that bad.
1: I love that though. Really? Because because I've been listening to Marion for so long, I feel like he's my friend. Oh, it's <laughs> so I feel I, like I
0: know him. It's exactly.
1: Like, so when he's talking to big people, I'm like, Good for him. Yeah. Look at Mark. Yeah, <laughs> talking
0: to Obama. <laughs> look at you go So proud of big him boy.
1: when like he's much more successful than me well
0: and that's the other interesting thing about podcasts is that like you give away so much of your story and you give people such a window into your life and you know when you're hearing someone talk for an hour two hours three hours like you're sort of having a mental conversation with them and interjecting in their own conversation mm. and so you do start to feel like you know these people that you've never met totally and it's like i I like to think I could just see Mark Maron and have a conversation with him, but he doesn't necessarily want to have a conversation oh, with totally. me.
1: Oh, <laughs> totally. I actually worked at Conan and he was like, he came in, I was a intern yeah. like a few years ago and he came in a few times and I almost approached him yeah. because like in my head it was like, oh, Mark Maron, like, yeah. yeah. my buddy. What the fuck? I'm a what yeah. the fucker. Yeah. And like, yeah.
0: Because, I mean, you listen to him three hours a week, so it's like, I don't talk to anyone that much. That's
1: more than I talk to my dad, <laughs> it's yeah. it's this
0: one-sided conversation. Right. Um,
1: but I hope his cat's well.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's always a problem with some cat. I
1: know. Well, he has a lot of them.
0: Have you noticed yeah. that as you've been doing more podcasts, you listen to less podcasts?
1: Definitely. Yeah, me I don't, too. Yeah.
0: I'm not consuming as many.
1: But I think that's true for a lot of media. Really? Um, because of been professionally in like entertainment now for eight years it's like i see a lot of my friends on late night shows and tvs which is awesome but at a certain point it's like i need to disconnect and come back to myself for a second and like consume less
0: does that worry you about the movie industry like you'll stop enjoying movies
1: i do sometimes but i don't I hope I can remove myself. I don't know. I wonder if movie stars have that problem. Well, it's
0: like if you're a movie star and you hang out with movie stars, like you're not... I mean, like Brad Pitt, like you're like, that's Brad Pitt. Like that's not a character. Mm -hmm. But if it's your friend Brad Pitt, (laughs) it's like two layers of that's not, you know? Right, right. And then, I mean, just... From modeling and acting in commercials, like I'm thinking a lot about the production and like, oh, I wonder what that day was. Like, I wonder if they did that location and then like they shot that scene from the beginning and the, you know like I'm thinking about how so they funny. did it and I, I can't just lose myself in some fairy tale narrative. Wow, you know?
1: I don't think I look at well, I definitely don't look at modeling the same way you do then because I don't look at like photos and think about the production. Oh,
0: I, that's all I think about. I'm like, I wonder who, that, I wonder where they shot that, like who casted <laughs> that. Why did that guy get the job? Why didn't I get that job? Um, You know? Do you
1: see a lot of like photos and stuff of things that you auditioned for?
0: Um, Sometimes. More commercials because like... auditions for print stuff like you rarely know like i showed up to the shoot in san diego yesterday and i thought i was going to be in camouflage in the woods but i was in a studio wearing t-shirts <laughs> so like you never know where it's going funny. but commercials like if i audition for a pharmaceutical commercial that i know is a big one mm-hmm. and like you're doing bits of the scene that'll be in the commercial in the audition yeah i've seen some of those and i'm like that's a hundred thousand dollar job great Dang. Good, good for you buddy like i'll get you on the <laughs> next one Um,
1: It's a hustle.
0: Yeah, it's such a hustle. Yeah. Um, And we're all doing it. Yeah. Do you have any um, last bits of advice for the people out there hustling? It could be related to any aspect of your life or their potential lives. Mm,
1: I just want to tell people to be kind to others. There's a lot of negative and toxicity out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I had you on because you're a good person. Thank you're a you. good witch. Thank you. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for being here. You're yeah, in thanks my home. for having me. <laughs> Who's doing this? Um, Who lives here? <laughs> thanks again. Yeah, thank you.
0: Bye, kids. <laughs>